guys today i have a delightful guest with me his name is adiola ajayi he's a business manager very very intelligent he's one of the brightest minds i know out there so i want him to talk about tech and how we can work together in making it work for africa as, as a whole i'll let him introduce himself mr adiola ajayi the stage is yours all right thank you so thank you tom thank you for that warm introduction um, my name is Adiola Ajayi. I'm a product manager. I have approximately 10 years of experience starting and building technology companies. And in the last five years, I've been a product manager at um, two Y Combinator back companies. We have launched digital banking products that have, you know, collected over $100 million in deposits. Okay, wow. I would like you to talk on, on FinTech at large. What are your thoughts in fintech and how it has affected Africa as a whole? Oh, okay. That's a fantastic question. Um, in 2019, I also asked someone the same question because at the time, all the companies that were raising investments were only financial technology companies. So I was curious, like, what's special about fintech? Why aren't other industries raising money? And the response she gave me was really short and really beautiful she was like we live in a world where you have to pay for every single thing that you use for you to literally be alive today for you to stay alive you have to pay for things or you have to do some kind of exchange of value or the other and essentially financial technology is simply enabling that to be possible in a more efficient and faster way so that's why it's significantly relevant um, today in Africa, we would say that the biggest problem that exists is people being underbanked or unbanked. In Nigeria, approximately 40 million of the adults are currently unbanked, meaning there's still a massive opportunity because we hear people say like, ah, it seems like there's too many fintech companies. Yeah. Why, are they, why is it everybody wants to do fintech? It's still because there's a massive problem. There's still a gap yeah. and it hasn't completely been filled up. So yes. th that's really um, a high level of why fintech is so important and the impact it's having in lives of Nigerians specifically. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. So what are your expectations um, when we talk about fintech, of course? What are your expectations in Africa and how we can improve it? So in terms of expectations or like making sort of like projections, I would definitely say, like, I see the relevance of digital banking becoming okay. more and more important and significant. So you think about companies like OP that have been okay. existing less than five years, probably less than a decade. And OP currently bragged about having over 25 million users. This is something that took traditional banks more than two decades to achieve and the technology company is achieving that in far less than that you know less than even half a decade if you look at that growth trajectory it yeah. would make it really obvious that more and more people are going to get financially included and okay. to just explain what financial inclusion mean it means literally banking the unbanked now, why is banking so important for people? 
as I mentioned earlier, for you to be alive, you need to actually be banked. And it simply helps you make your life easier. So, for example, you talk about savings. There are people today in Nigeria that they save money in, you know, local or on regulated institutions. We call them Alajo. Yes. And when these people save with these people, their money can just disappear. So imagine someone being poor and his little savings is trying to accumulate just goes in the thin air. Also, there's also the issue of like access to credit. Okay. Um, so there's still a massive lending gap. Thanks to all the lending companies spiraling out, that gap is being closed up to an extent. But it's still a big problem. Most people still don't have access to credit. And so I do believe like more and more people will continue to have access to these services. And we will start to see like interest rates come down. And people will start to create like safer measures to recoup, you know, yes. loans this boss. Because that's one of the biggest challenges currently in the sector. Wow. Okay. I think the audience would also like to know how you came into tech because of course it didn't just begin today. How long has it been? What are the drawbacks? Yeah, absolutely. So my my journey has been pretty pretty interesting, I would say. Um especially to financial technology. So I started a company immediately after I graduated from university, I was about 21 years. And at the time, I didn't even know what I was doing was tech. I just knew that I wanted to sell the product. And how I sort of got into that, because I, I think the greatest difficulty for most young people, especially, you know, that slightly be, people between the ages of maybe 20 to 25 or slightly above that is they often don't know what they want to do with their lives. So I also faced that challenge. I wasn't sure if I wanted to start a company or if I wanted to like join a business, you know, get a nine to five job. And essentially yeah. what happened was that I had this mentor that basically gave me an advice that I still use to today. Essentially he told me when you're about to look at the career path, look at the people at the top of that career path. If you are not willing to do whatever it takes to be like those people, if you do not love their income, if you do not love their lifestyle, if you do not love everything that they do, then get out of that spot. Because yeah. that, like, that might be like the best place you might end up. Yeah. So I sort of said going on that pursuit, looking for like mentors or looking for people that I would aspire to be like. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in an environment that allowed me to meet people at the top of their career lines. I remember meeting like bank executives. Um, in their case, they were wealthy, they're doing living amazing lives, but like they were all old. So I was like, yes. wait, I have to get that old before I can be those people. I was like, no. <laughs> so this was not for me, right? Then yeah. I also remember meeting like a politician, just a local government chairman, and you know, I was very, very sure that that's not what I wanted. Yeah. Then Politics. I remember meeting someone. Yeah, I remember meeting someone um, who went to a conference. It went to this conference organized by Akin Alabi. Okay. Akin Alabi is the founder of Naira Bets. And at the conference, um, Jason Unjoku and Okoyemi Awoyemi were on that panel. Yes. And basically, they said if you have like an idea or something that you need investment on, 
writes me a 50-word email and send it to this email address and he will respond. So he called out his email address and me and my friends were there and we literally just scribbled it down. Immediately he said that then Okwayemi, Awoyemi, which was the founder of Jobberman, said the exact same thing and okay. said his email address. So essentially, my friend and I spent like the next seven hours trying to craft up a 50-word email, which was extremely okay. difficult. We spent like so such a long time to do that. And after shooting the mail, we're like, okay, wait, let's just add copy Okwayemi. And we did that. And guess who responds? Okwayemi Awoyemi. That's the founder of wow. Jobberman. The man yeah. himself. He responded immediately. I remember we shot the mail on like a Tuesday and he invited us to come to the island on Thursday to meet with him. So yeah. me and my friends go there, we're all suited up and like yeah. all kitted up, like ready to like pitch our ideas. I can to imagine. Him. I can imagine. Yeah, and we, we get in there and like this guy is coming from the gym by 10 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And it was really apologetic that he didn't dress off <laughs> to, to turn it up for us. <laughs> but essentially, we had a very lengthy conversation and he explained to us how he started the company, how they raised investments, how they have helped over a million Nigerians gain jobs. And there and then, all I could think in my head was that this was the person I wanted to be like. Okay. I was like, I'm sure I'm willing to do anything to be like this guy. Because he was less than 30. He had invested in over 18 companies. Financially, it was free. I was like, I want to be this guy. I'm going to be willing to do whatever it takes to be him. Yeah. And essentially, that sort of, that clarity helped me decide to take the entrepreneurial paths. Okay. So it hasn't um, been easy. Well, <laughs> probably the the first five years of my career were probably like the most difficult periods in my life like i became so familiar with gary that you know like yeah. if i smell gary from a distance <laughs> i knew that okay. because like i we bootstrap we couldn't raise money we had a business that was paying the bills but things were actually really rough for the first five years and you know, Gary destroyed my eyes. <laughs> like, cause, Are like, you serious? <laughs> yeah, starting a company is really tough. And we were making so much money. We couldn't raise investment. The industry, which is like ed tech, wasn't like really yeah. encouraging. Wasn't really attractive to investors. So okay. those, those five first five years were like the most treacherous. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So if you were to go back... In time, what are the things you wouldn't do or you would do differently if you had the opportunity? Well, I would say I would still follow the same paths. At least if I didn't have the same knowledge. However, I would have been more malleable. Um, essentially, it took way too long. I think five years was way too long for me to realize that I had to pivot into like something different. Okay. Um, would have iterated faster and tried other things much faster, but it took me five years to realize that um, what I was doing was not the most fertile ground okay. to yield the results I wanted. Um, okay. 
So that, that's the first thing. And what would have enabled me figured out out faster is being in an environment that facilitates growth. So we're isolated. Oh, yeah. We're staying in a part of Lagos where we didn't get to network with people that were in the ecosystem. We weren't getting to meet a lot of people and seeing a lot of trends. It was until we actually started getting out more and meeting people that were in the ecosystem that we started to see patterns. And, so okay. and the biggest pattern was like, mostly fintech companies were raising money. 